Welcome to episode 28 of the Gold Card Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Vince Kalati at Gelati LOL. With me tonight, we got the full crew. We've got uh, John George at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? Calvin T at Ruler R. Sama. Hi. And the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Chung at Prime Time. What up, what up? Getting a little bit of a late start. We're recording earlier this week, uh, kind of a late Tuesday night recording, a little... Uh, it's going to be probably a shorter show tonight just because it's late and we all work. So we're trying to get this out to you guys earlier uh, in the week so that you can have it for hopefully Thursday morning's um, second round of the LCK gauntlet. Speaking of that, uh, well, we're going to get into that shortly. But uh, just we'll do a brief recap of the everything that happened over the weekend. It's actually kind of a weird weekend, but also kind of like chalky at the same time, right? Like, there was like a couple weird results. So... We had the LCK Grand Finals, uh, SKT versus Griffin. SKT just bodied Griffin. Like, I don't know what else to say. Griffin looked good in, in the one game that they won. S- SKT looks scary. Like, that's what to take from this series. Like, I don't even think Griffin looked bad. I don't think they even looked rattled in particularly. I think SKT is just insanely good. Yeah, yeah think SKT, SKT right looked that. really good. Like, this whole playoff, they just... They look like they're in championship form. Yeah, like if I had to pick a team for Worlds like right now, like as of this moment, it's SKT, I think. And that's like nothing against Fun Plus or anything mm, like that, like, like, or G2. Like they just look so good right now. I don't know if I'm going that far, but they look very good. Well, I'm saying, let me say, we'll put it this way. I want to say like if Worlds happen right now, I'm not saying like for the actual tournament. Like if it happened right now, they got to be the favorite, right? No. Yeah? Uh, no. No. Hold on. Did you guys okay. watch the whole interview so G2? of G2 and Shocks? No. They're, J- Yankos and uh, first we're talking about how nobody wants to scrim them and how they were kind of concerned or like other people were kind of concerned on like how that's going to affect them at Worlds and how their scrim's going to go before or, you know, during at Worlds. You know what I mean? Like, how, yeah, yeah, like, how are they going to get better? Or, you know what I mean? So they're going to, like, isolate themselves and all that? Yeah. I'm trying to think of who it was. There, there was a team that went pretty... I want to say, like, Fnatic did that, like, one of the, like, two or three years ago. I can see why other teams wouldn't want to scrim them, because I'm guessing that they're pretty laid back in their casual games that <laughs> they play. Like, in their scrims, I'm guessing that they're not always playing, you know the most meta picks and et cetera, et cetera. So other teams are probably like competitive integrity. Yeah. I think (laughs) other teams are probably like, we don't want to waste our time, you know, playing against some weird bullshit. Like we want to practice against what's in the meta. When in reality, they should be practicing against that weird shit that's off the wall because maybe you'd learn how to hit a curveball, you know, like I think some of that weird stuff is definitely going to make its way into worlds. No doubt about it. So, yeah. Especially at World. Like, group stage at Worlds is, like, prime time for whack-ass shit. Like, that's, like, the best way to put it. Like, uh, I don't know. SKT, SKT looked really, really good in this series. I, it, I didn't even think Griffin looked... I kind of wish Griffin showed the look that they did in, like, games two and three and four in game one. Like, they kind of came out a little conservative. I don't know if that was just nerves mm-hmm. or what, but, like... They Probably looked, respecting yeah. a little too much. I mean, maybe, but I, I kind of thought Griffin would give us more of a series with side selection and, like, okay. seeing some film on SKT, but it turns out SKT are just really, really, really good. Like, I don't, there's not a... 
like in this case, it wasn't it wasn't like spring finals where Griffin clearly choked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like in spring finals, SKT ran them over, and it was not close. There was not competitive. These games were competitive. So Griffin showed this time. Like if you just look at the scoreline, it doesn't look it's it doesn't do the series justice. I don't think there was only like really one clear blowout game and. Which is kind of weird because I think Doran actually looks pretty good in this series. It was, again, SKT was just so good. Um, you guys got anything else on this one? Not like, does, really. Does this knock your stock no. in Griffin down at all? Like, I know, you, I know, like John, you had Griffin as like you had SKT and Griffin like in the same tier, right? But you had SKT. Um, I, yeah, I, I said SKT was going to win the LCK before the or like before the playoffs started. Yeah. Um, Are they in I, the same tier? Is there like a separation? Now, I mean, it's tough to put them in the same tier with how SKT looked in the playoffs. Yeah. It's tough not to have SKT in their own tier. I I'd still would say that, like, Griffin, the way they're looking right now is probably a shoe-in for playoffs at Worlds. Yeah. And, you know, and a legitimate contender if things, you know, fall their way. Yeah, if the meta, if the patch is good for them or if, like... The, I, the way I look at Griffin is kind of not like I used to, but, like, to me they almost feel like Against the other world class elite teams, they feel like they're matchup dependent. Yeah, like I actually think against a team like SKT, I know we just saw it twice in two finals, but against a team like SKT, they're gonna have a way better chance than against a team like FBX, unless yeah, they've learned a ton. Maybe they have. I don't know. Like maybe they've learned a ton, but it's not like they get to experience that all the time in the LCK, like scrimming against the teams they do. But if they catch like a gr- like, I could see them surprise losing if they catch like a really weird group. But it's going to be I, – I'm going to be hard-pressed not to have them going through to at least the top eight at Worlds. Like, they'll get through groups, even if it – I think even against a tough group they could get through. This might be a really cool year where, like, the matchups that people run into determine who makes the finals rather than just, like, who are the best teams, yeah. so to speak. Like, yeah. just these guys are just better than those guys, so they make the finals. This really might be a year where, like, if, if Team A runs into Team B, like they don't make the finals – yeah, and if and if they do, if they run into Team C, they do, they don't, or you know, I, I think we're, we really could be looking at that this year. It's certainly a possibility. Uh, Chris, Calvin, any thoughts on this one, or thoughts on these two teams I as mean, they pertain to Worlds? Nope. I mean, I mean, they're, we're finally getting to see Griffin at Worlds, That's which a is good thing. hype as hell for me. Yeah, uh, being I mean, able to see Griffin and Doinby. Like this is this is a sweet world, man. Yeah, it's just going to be sweet no matter what happens. Pretty much, there's going to be so many good players at this tournament. Yeah, like, like, there's not going to be like any throwaway teams except for whatever the third place team from whatever. NA is. <laughs> not Surprise. even the third place, just NA and yeah, maybe. <laughs> just please be clutch gaming, man. Just please <laughs> we'll don't see. be don't yeah, be. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get to fighting. them. We're gonna get to them. We're gonna yeah. Get don't to be them. Man, yeah. I can't wait to talk about worlds, man. My homeboys from the VCS. Oh, here oh, we go. Here we gosh. go. Oh my god. <laughs> here we go. All right. Well. We could talk some VCS in a bit, Cal. <laughs> Let's, uh, so we, in, we all said the LEC, so we had the, uh, I guess the knockout match. It was like round two Shulka of the playoffs. We had Shalka versus Rogue. Uh, oh, yeah, Shalka wins three to one, meaning John and I was pretty heavily exposed to that myself. Uh, Made out on the Shalka minus one point five, absolutely did not deserve it. And I think like we like we we both tweeted about it. Like this is an example of one of those times where you're not allowed to bitch when you catch a bad beat because you caught a good beat this time. You know, it's like exactly. it was a prime example of that, right? Like Shalka Shalka very well could have lost this series three zero or three one. 
Uh, probably three one. Yeah. They definitely should have lost that third game, like one hundred percent. They took it, you know, out of nowhere, and they didn't even look that great in the fourth game either. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely made a big post on Twitter about how like you have to be able to recognize when you're running good just as well as when you're running bad. Exactly. And too many people assume that every time they win, they deserve to win, yeah. and when they lose, like half the time, it's a bad beat of some kind or another. Variant, man. I was going to say, we, we both said something like that probably within, like, 20 minutes of each other, and we both, like, snap like it as soon as it was up, like... Oh, man. So... Yeah, I definitely felt very lucky. The the takeaway from that series was I was on... I was sincerely impressed with Rogue for the most part, and then you saw why they were Rogue at other parts. So, like... Is, is it weird for me to say that I was actually impressed with Rogue? Even though no. they, like, threw in, like, spectacular fashion in two of these games? I mean, we're talking about the team that was, like, last place in spring that no one they expected. They were last place, like, five weeks summer. into the season. Yeah, uh, so I don't think it's ever wrong to say you were impressed with them, you know, playing their quarterfinal match, like, and yeah. getting a game. Like, I mean, it's a team that nobody expected to even show up in the playoffs, and yeah. they've had some very nice performances. So, yeah, I don't think it's wrong to say I think, look, impressed. like, moving forward, maybe they figured something. I mean, obviously the next year is like many months away. So who knows what's going to happen, but like maybe that organization's got a, you know, some kind of direction or bright light that they can go toward. Now the major takeaway from this, is the Shulka looked bad. <laughs> the Shulka looked real bad. Like if Oduwame, you think about it, like Oduwame just carried him. Dude, that's not a guy that usually carries dude. that team. And he was just like, no boys, we're going to the semifinals. Like <laughs> he carried them kicking and screaming to the finish line. Like they did not want oh to gosh. win those games. I swear. Nope. They did not. But Clearly. It, he, dude, he, he was out of his mind in this series. That's really cool too. Cause Oduwamne is a guy that's been around for a long time and he's always had a decent amount of respect, but he's never really been viewed as like a guy that hard carries games from the top lane, like a Hooney or somebody like that. It was really cool to see him like get his due as like, hey, I can step up. Like, if I got to do it, I can step up. It, it was kind of cool, like for sure. Like, I, I think, yeah, everyone's always considering. It's like, oh yeah, he's like one of the best play. You know, he's one of the best top laners in Europe. That's it. Yeah, like it's like really like hyping up Oduwamne. He's really good, and he's another one of these guys. By the way, that remind like just another one. He's another one of these seasoned Western players that. I, maybe not. He's. I'll say he got. He's gotten better with age. Like he's gotten better every year of his career. Maybe slowly and steadily, but reminded me a lot of Impact. Except Impact started at the very top, right? Yeah. Where yeah. just long career. He's just grinding. Or Soaz. He reminds me a lot of Soaz actually. Where the guy's just still kicking. Like how many years later, and he's still kicking ass. So it was. It was yeah, I agree with you, John. It was good to see. It's him one of those that. weird gambles in that series. It's a, like a small side note, but it's one of those weird gambles in that series. Is I kind of wondered whether Rogue should have started targeting him with bans because he was the one that was playing so well, even though he's not a guy that you should be traditionally targeting with your bans. Like he was the guy that was playing at a level like. I really think, like, Kennen, some of his champions are significantly better than his other champions. And I think Kennen, not just in this series, but in all his previous history. He's like has one, been of the Western he's one of the yeah, few Western Kennens. He's one of the Kennen's not a champion that you ban right now. It does. I, I wondered to myself if it might have been worth it for them to look at, like, banning something like that out just because he was the one that was performing. But I don't know. I'm not saying it would have been worth it, but I, I was interested thinking about whether or not it might have been. That's, like, always a weird dynamic to series and, like, uh, kind of makes good coaching feel 
like you respect good coaching so much more because there's a lot of times where you don't want to overreact to a good game, right? Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I'd say like probably 80% of the time you don't want to overreact to just a player having a good game. Yep. But when you see that a guy's got the eye of the tiger, like he clearly did, (laughs) even after that first game, you're like, all right, we got to change something. (laughs) Like we got to, we got to like, I can respect wanting to stick to your game plan because you look really bad if you go away from your game plan and just get stomped. Yeah. So, I don't know, it's always a tough thing to call. It makes good coaching like that much more respected, in my opinion. Yeah, kind of a fun series to watch, even though it wasn't like super high level. It was a fun series. Yeah, it was college football. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, anything else on this one? Anybody? So nope. appropriate to have college football since it came back this past week. Uh-huh. Cal, you got anything on this one? Nothing, really. I don't want me carried. So. How about Fnatic G2? The uh, the quote unquote juggernaut match. Yeah. By the way, I-, I like this format. Like, I feel like this is a cool way to reward the top two seeds. Without like, it-, it might be a little too heavily favored to be honest with you. Like thinking about it, it's real tough for me because I was when I was thinking about. It, I do think you want to reward the guys that come top two. Like you want to make teams play for the top two spots and mm-hmm. care about them. The only thing that got me this time, and it might just be specific to this season with G2 and Fnatic is I definitely felt like they were not going to play their A games in their first matchup against each other. Oh yeah. Because I expected them to both know that they were going to be playing each other in the finals and to just like hold back strategies and play weird stuff. And it's kind of weird to have your like top seeds playing off in a weird strategy game where they're not like winning is not the number one thing on their mind. I also thought it was kind of weird that they had this match after because they had Shulker Rogue before this, right, if I'm remembering correctly? It was, like, the day before it, right? It was Friday. Yeah. So, like, isn't it weird to have it afterwards? Like, I know you want to spend Saturday night featuring, or European Saturday night. Like, I know you want to spend Saturday night featuring your two best teams or whatever, but isn't it a little weird? Especially, like, I'm trying to think of an example here. Like, like in this year's case, the reason I'm saying this is in this year's case, Shulker just looked terrible, and Rogue wasn't going to beat either of these teams. Like, there's no yeah. universe where Rogue is beating either of these teams in a best of five, right? Like, I don't care how good Rogue looks, and honestly, I don't care how bad Fnatic and, and G2 look. They had, they would have to literally be inting. Like, I don't think like there's enough of a gap there, right? Yeah, I think so. I know I'm being a little facetious, but, like, really? Pretty close, yeah. Like, that, if if it was Rogue versus Fnatic, it's, it's minus 2,500 Fnatic, right? Something like that, like something ridiculous. So, yeah, I thought it was really weird that they had that because, like, especially when you see the clown fiesta, like these two teams are not good. We literally have not. We're not even playing to avoid this team, you know. Like, because if you had like a good third place team that like was at least like scary, right? It's kind of yeah. like why I wanted Vitality to be good this year. But like, when you have a wild card team like that, like a like a team that's just like their spike performances are exceptional. It makes it. It makes this play in like a lot better. So maybe you're right, John. Like maybe it's just like this year, and that's like a problem with like specifically the the complexity of Europe this year. Like maybe this looks a lot different if there's just like one team that's like really really good, and then like second, third, and fourth are all pretty close. But there's like two teams that are way better. So I still think it's cool giving them double elimination, but it might be. It just feels weird because we haven't had double elimination in league since like old IEM tournaments. Like we never had double <laughs> yeah. elimination, right? Yeah, and it is kind of it does create some storylines. You know, you see it in like the international and some of those other yeah. tournaments. It can create storylines having guys come after a loss and and fix something. So, I, I think it's worth experimenting with. I'm not sure whether I prefer it or not, but 
I'd agree with that. Uh, so th- the series was actually, I know it was a little goofy, but like th- the series felt to me kind of like, like Fnatic came out ready to smash and G2, I don't want to say they trolled, but like, I think they kind of disrespected Fnatic. Now Fnatic is actually good enough to hang with G2. So I don't want to just say G2 were clowning around and th- that's why Fnatic got two wins. Fnatic are good enough to take games off G2. Yeah. And like they outplayed them in these two games, the first two games of the series. But it kind of had that vibe of like G two was just like oh shit all right look like, all right we got to figure yeah, it out yeah we better start playing it was, it was and kind of tough because game three I, Fnat- I, I in my opinion I think Fnatic is three oh that that game yeah. three was insane in my opinion I mean, yeah, G two really came, came back and stole that Baron um I, I don't know man like Fnatic did really did look good but. I think G two got a little lucky game three. Like they were sweating bullets. I mean, you know what I mean. I think like after that they smashed. So it was it was interesting to me because like I thought kind of that like Fnatic came out like punched him in the mouth and then like G two were like okay we got to snap back to reality and then game two like they both played for real and Fnatic still beat them. They were like oh shit like that's. (laughs) But I think that like. Put like so, Chris. Put like a one sentence punctuation on this. Like, what does this series say for both these teams? I think it just tells us that it's Fnatic and G two in Europe, and everyone else is just playing for third place. I agree. Like that's exactly that's almost exactly what I was gonna say. This made me feel though. I got to say the way this played out, I think I'm gonna have a good amount of money on G two minus two point five in the final. I think G2 might come out and try to embarrass Fnatic in the final after Fnatic beat them oh, we'll in the you. first two games there. I, you're probably going to get saucy odds on that, too. I think you're, I think you're going to get good odds because of this series, and I think I'm going to end up with some money on that for sure. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I, I do agree with that as well. They might try to embarrass Yeah, them. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, I think they're going to – I mean, they're, they're capable of smashing them 3-0. Like, I mean, like, as we saw games uh, – Four and five. So. I mean, G2's capable of smashing, like, I think literally any team on Earth 3-0. Yeah. Like, even the other best teams. Yeah, like, this team's seal. I think if if you look at teams playing at their ceiling, I actually don't think – I think G2 might actually be better than SK Telecom. And that's me saying that, by the way. Yeah. That's me, Mr. Korean fanboy, saying that with a Korean team that's got four of the best players to ever play the game on their team. And I think G2's spike performances are just so insane that – look, you saw game five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like what? <laughs> they're they're literally speed running. It's insane. I I don't more Oh good. I I don't think I've I've never seen a team uh, Samsung White. I keep referring to this but like I have never seen a team so thoroughly smash and just obliterate opponents like this team does. Like and it's not methodical. Like it is like disrespectful smashing. Like solo. <laughs> yeah. This is like I'm challenger smurfing in like gold solo queue games. Like I'm twenty six and zero. Like yeah. that's what, like that's the kind of games you see. Like yeah, nobody does that. No, no, none of the most dominant teams in history have ever done that. I think the most interesting question this brings up is what is Fnatic ceiling at Worlds? Is is Fnatic possibly a semifinal team at Worlds? I think they are. Like they have to be in consideration, right? Like they're getting to play against G two all the time, and we could, they can talk about the scrim talk all they want. Fnatic have probably gotten to play against G two more than any other team in the world, right? I would assume mm-hmm. it's probably the only team G two respects in the whole region, to be honest. Like if you think about yeah. it, and they might act like they don't respect them, they definitely do at least a little bit. Oh, for sure. Like Fnatic are good. And Fnatic, Fnatic is the semifinals ceiling team too. I, like depending, they're another team that's going to depend on the group draw. Like if they get drawn into a group that's just a bunch of killers, I don't think they get out. But 
if they get into a group draw with like one really good team and one like team similar to them, there's. I mean, I know this is what I just said is like John Madden, right? Like, but if they get into a group with a team that's similar to them and then a good team that's better than them, then they have a good chance of getting out of the group. Like, thanks, right? I think if they I, get I into they like, get out of groups, almost for sure. They're, but I, they're I good. Most of their quarterfinal matchups are going to be tough. I think the other teams that are going to make the the playoffs, I think, are going to be yeah. pretty tough. So but, we'll, yeah, that's we'll interesting see. for me. I mean, Fnatic. Look, the other thing with Fnatic is they've gotten progressively better as the years gone on, which is what you want to see. Like they're trending up, heading into Worlds, which is good. So and mixing it up a little bit. The Garen, the Garen Yumi. Yeah. Did you hear? Did you see the solo queue game today that was going around on Twitter? No. In solo queue, four members of Fnatic got matched up against a team that had Reckless with Mickey X as his support, <laughs> and uh, Reckless and Mickey X played Garen Yumi and won. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so cool. I gotta look this up now. Uh, we'll get into this in just a second. So uh, we had the other thing was the LPL. We had RNG and TOP. Um, I kind of thought TO this this series was closer than the scoreline. This is another one that was like closer than the scoreline. Like kind of felt. I think it was closer than SKT Griffin, but uh. Kind of surprised RNG came out on top, but like they just kind of felt like the better team on the day. I don't think TOP played particularly bad. Had some weird I, drafts. I had RNG winning regardless. Uh, I actually like TOP's throughout the season, but even though TOP had, had really good drafts, you know, throughout the entire series, but I don't know. I just feel like RNG throughout. I don't know. I feel like Lang X definitely stepped up and played well enough to just hold his lane, and I think that's a difference maker. Between in that in that series is basically him, you know, playing better than three six nine. You know, all all the shit that we give Lang X this entire split, you know, and it's just, you know, that's the sole I reason. Mean, and and Uzi carrying like he actually played really really well. Like this, this was like the Uzi like we saw like you classic know, like last, Uzi. last split. So you know what's weird? I, and I meant to bring this up last week. I kind of brought it up in like our 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 group chat, but and I meant to bring this up. Uh, during the cast, but, like, I don't know where we, like, at what point we just decided Lang X was, like, or Lang G, whatever, like, yeah. I don't know where, at whatever point, we just decided, oh, yeah, like, he's a liability, he's not good, when before the season, we all it were, like, this is a great, yeah. yeah, when before the season started, we were just, like, oh, yeah, there's a great addition, like, this is the missing piece, like, this is what they're gonna be, and, like, he's, we're, like, this is gonna be nails, he's gonna stomp all over everybody, for the most part, and, like, he mostly <laughs> did that, like, doesn't this feel real similar? This feels like a TSM jungler situation to me. It's like whoever shows up on TSM to jungle, it just looks bad. And it seems like the same thing with RNG uh, and top laners. He didn't because look bad. This is a guy that was like a legitimate case for best top in the league, like not long ago. Last year. And then, yeah, all of a sudden, like you say, all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, he's the liability. Like he's, you know, they got he's got to be able to hold his own. Like this guy was the best top laner in the league maybe pretty recently. I'm convinced it's just name, like just name value, like name brand value. Like just changing because name really. no, no, like because everybody. I mean, maybe some degree of that, but like, I think everybody knows the other RNG players, and that's why. So there's been like this rotating door at top lane for this team, and most of them have been okay. They just haven't been world beaters, right? This is the first mm-hmm. one that they've had. Like, and we we said this. I don't know, and we all started saying it like. I don't know if he can hang up to this. Like, why wouldn't he be able to hang out with three six nine? Like, like he's been good. I don't know why we started doing that, but we did, and like, 
I don't know. I just thought it was kind of weird that we kind of started doing that. But in my defense, I think I'm like an RNG fanboy. I've dealt with them since last year, and the last few games in the regular season, Langix was not as impactful, yeah. and that sort of gives you a doubt because all the other top teams were playing at the highest level. TES looks great, FPX looks one great, and you know we kind of sort of thought maybe RNG would go against IG, and if the Shy was playing the top, there's no chance that yeah. Linux would have been the one that saved the team. So that's where I'm coming from. I think also you get affected sometimes by the subbing. Like that definitely, I think, affected my thoughts on it, is that I hadn't really identified him in my like review as being a major issue, but if the team takes to subbing him out for somebody else... I start to think there's an issue there, whether it's communication, it's internal, whether it's uh, yeah, what, yeah, maybe it's an internal issue. I, I definitely start. I start to feel like they're seeing something that I'm not seeing, whether it's internal or a way that he's playing the lane that I'm not noticing. That's that's making him too, you know, available to gank or whatever. So I definitely think I was affected by that, maybe more than I should. And assuming that if they were subbing him out and testing out other people, that he must be doing something wrong. This was kind of a. a... I, w- I had some pretty heavy exposure on T.O.P. this series, mostly because I thought the market was way off on it. Like, I thought this was, like, more or less a legit 50-50. Like, maybe slight favor for T.O.P., which is why I thought it was wrong, because RNG were favorites. Like, yeah, I thought T.O.P. was the favorite. I had I had action on T.O.P. as well. Yeah, so, like, for me, this was, like, I was heavy on this because it was, like, attacking a market. Like, the, the result doesn't surprise me, really, but um, I did have a lot of exposure, so it's, you know, stung a little bit, but... Uh, it was a good series. This one's worth going back and watching. I do think there's a very good chance T.O.P. end up being the third. I mean, who the hell knows? Invictus is so weird. Like, I, I don't even know what with this team anymore. Are they going to sub through the gauntlet? That is the whole wild card of the LPL right now. Because, like, when nobody knows if IG is just going to come out and stop everybody in the gauntlet or if they're going to come out and look like they did in the playoffs. And then it's, like, probably between T.O.P. and Billy Billy about who gets to Worlds. But there's a very reasonable chance that IG just comes out as like lol trolling and just like stops everybody. The scripts, like the full scripts, like we're writing it as it's happening, right? Like like yeah, IG intentionally troll themselves out just to be a dramatic way to get back into worlds, just to dramatically defend their title. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's no chance for it because I mean they did do the weird subbing stuff in the playoffs in a matchup they were supposed to win. I don't. Think- it's definitely possible that that like woke them up and was like, hey guys, like we, we fucked around a little too much around here. Let's let's get this shit under control. There's also a chance that it just like full tilted them. Yeah, definitely. Like, there's a chance it was like we're humiliated, we lost the allergy. But humiliation can also be a motivator. But it can also force people to overplay. They they really are a wild card because like really you look at the rest of the LPL gauntlet and it's anybody's ball game. Like I think it's all pretty even between like because Billy Billy have looked really good. Like really, really good. Um Speaking of Billy Billy, here's the transition. Nice transition, right? There we go. Uh, we got Billy Billy and Fun Plus. Uh, Fun Plus are so good at League of Legends, man. <laughs> like, they're like T2. <laughs> like, the... Wait, was this the game that Dwayne B just played these up? Yeah. Your mm-hmm. champion again, and this is like final. I mean, I get it when they did it <laughs> at the re- end of regular season, but they were like playing around with BLG. Yeah, it's... they literally smashed BLG after game one, and it was like no contention. Like they got every single objectives, every single dragons, and then BLG had no answers. Like they literally had no answer. <laughs> it's just insanity. It was, it was like, disgusting. Again, like this, 
I think the reason like FPX is so fun is like they're they're like they're just like G two, and we were lucky enough to have two of these kind of teams in the same year. When usually you get one of these like maybe every other year, or maybe yeah. honestly like every three years, but we have two of them in the same year. Like teams with just a blatant disregard for any respect whatsoever that will utterly obliterate you, like full demoralizing smash you. Like just, <laughs> it's so fun to watch. It reminds me of, like I keep saying Samsung White, but like. The creativity, the, the the pure disrespect, but like, see, Fun Plus, I don't even think it's disrespect. I think they're just fueled by like some kind of rage. Like, like I think they're just fueled from JDG rage. That's my theory. Like, I just want to run with it. Never again. I almost felt bad for Billy Billy because Billy Billy had been so good, and they just ran into a buzzsaw here. Like, there's just no like. I thought like. I think I put like a little bit on Billy Billy just because the odds were outrageous, and I th- like they. I think the, uh, the bookmakers disrespected it, and then Fun Plus was just like, "No, nah, they were right." <laughs> like, that was this team's crazy. Uh, they might be the best team in the world too. I, They're right up there. Strong yeah. argument. Um, if you remove the JDG series from last spring from their record, they look like the best team in the world. Like record wise, if you just look at their like credentials, if you remove that JDG series, it's really just that one series making people question them. Other than that, they've been absolutely outstanding all year. I'll say this. And it's, it's interesting because they're both from the same region last year. I think there were a lot of people there. A lot of the people that are pretty sharp and, and with it knew that Invictus was actually the best team in China last year mm-hmm. going into worlds. All I'm saying is FPX have a very similar trajectory, right? Had a really disappointing loss, except they weren't both RNG, right? Yeah. Had a really disappointing loss to one team. Invictus literally dropped two series last season. Two series in the regular season for both seasons. That's insane. And they played a 19-game regular season last year. (laughs) So, Fun Plus remind me a lot of that because... It's a team that, okay, they have one disappointing loss, and everyone's just like, nope, nope, I'm not going <laughs> to give them the credit yet, but, like, looks an awful lot like IG to me. The level of disrespect yeah. and stomping looks an awful lot like IG, too, so maybe we should consider that. I think we are, but, like, I think there's a lot of people that aren't, so. For me, if you're talking worlds, like, who's going to win worlds right now, FPX and G2 are my top two, followed by both the Korean teams, I think. So I think it's G2, FPX, and then SKT and Griffin down in that next so currently it's uh well i checked like yesterday i think it was it was fpx was skt was i think it was skt plus 600 fpx and g2 were plus 650 and then i think griffin was like plus 750 so they are like the four favorites but uh honestly like any any one of them i, I think probably the first three over griffin just stylistically but uh, we, we're, we're going to talk plenty about that in the future Anything else on this one besides watch it because watching FPX smash people is... is fun. Some kind of crazy energy. If you, I feel like I'm watching Gladiator, right? Like, I'm, like, I feel like I'm the Emperor and, like, Dwayne B is, like, ready to, like, <laughs> execute this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like... God, he's Finished a fun player to watch. Week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's just a super <laughs> fun player to watch. Um, Thursday, LCK Regional Gauntlet. So we have round two. Uh, round one was... God, just a... Tremendously disappointing performance from Afrika, in my opinion. It was on this morning. Uh, what were these drafts? Uh, I'm, I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but like, what were these drafts Afrika was doing? Did they like game plan that Kingzone was going to game plan again? Like, were they? I think they like next leveled themselves too much. Like trying to play like the late game stuff and everything is like why? 
Like, they... <laughs> there were also a bunch of these fights that, like, razor thin... Like, I don't know, if you saw the one the one fight, and I think it was game... I want to say it was game three, where, like, Kingzone got away with, like, four people, like, 100 health or something. Like, easily could have gone any direction. But Afrika... Afrika, I feel like they lost and then just, like, completely tilted off. Like, the coaches tilted off, the players tilted off. Like, they just completely lost their composure. It's a real bummer because I like this team, but... If they're not going to have composure here, and they're not going to have composure on the world stage, so the Korean gauntlet is so cool to me because Africa. I had I picked Africa to win the gauntlet. I did too, but there is no result in any match that would be even remotely surprising. Yeah, them exactly. losing to Kingzone didn't surprise me much. No matter who wins Kingzone and and uh, Sandbox, it won't surprise me much. No matter who wins the winner of that and Damwon, it won't surprise me much. Like any of these teams could easily go to worlds. And even one of them dominating all the others wouldn't surprise me. Like, there's just not, there's nothing that surprises me in this gauntlet because yeah. these teams are evenly matched. It's just a really cool, interesting gauntlet. It kind of speaks to, like, just – I mean, we could make arguments. You and I can go back and forth, and all of us could go back and forth about just the level of Korea as a, as a region. But, like, it does speak to just the parity of the region. Like, there's so much competition, like, internally that it, it's really fun to watch. It's, it's made the summer season insanely interesting. Oh, definitely. And, and I know a lot of people like kind of are like on the LPL train now because like there's again the college football thing. It's like more fun to watch or whatever. The more kills in action, but like Korea's been crazy interesting. This is like one of the most interesting splits probably in the last like four years. I'd agree with that. It's like the least chalky split besides maybe spring last year, which was just bizarre as hell too. But this one has just been pure competition, which is sweet. So uh, Kingzone winning three to one this morning makes them face Sandbox on Thursday morning. We have Sandbox minus one fifty six, Kingzone plus one nineteen. We'll say the Sandbox minus one point five is at plus one twenty five. I think that's probably the number most people are leaning. It's interesting, right? It's it's it's, it's so fun. hard to call because. And I kind of go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say Kingzone didn't really impress me in the series against the Freakets. Like you said, I felt like there was a lot of tilt. Um, on the on the Africa side, so I, I want to lean that Sandbox and Damwon are on a level above King Zone, but it's also hard to say because there is so much value to be gained from having been able to watch all these teams so much more than anyone's been able to watch King Zone. And I do think they have a good coaching staff that could come out here with with something going on that people weren't expecting. So yeah, it's just a tough series to call, man. Kings My are like the, Kings are like the origin of of Korea. Like they're just My natural inclination is that Sandbox should come out and win this convincingly, but like I say, it's like it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if Kingzone came out with some cool shit and just stopped Sandbox. It's just interesting, man. So, like, here's the – to me, like, it's weird because Sandbox and Afrika, like, in terms of roster construction are very similar. So, like, if you just pair player against player, I love Sandbox here. I would prefer the two solo lanes and better jungling over – you know, just the bottom lane, right? Because I think yeah. Kingzone definitely has the edge in the bottom lane. I think Deft and Tucson are nuts, but here's the thing, though, and this is, I fell into, I, I want to say I fell into this trap, and I wrote a big, long thing about it today, but, like, this is another one of those spots where it's probably just an avoid, right? Yeah, I think that's how it's going to be for me. Like, I know it's, like, lame, but, like, it, it I don't know, Chris and Cow, do you guys have anything on this one? Because, like, it's it's tough. It's kind of tough because I felt like Sandbox tried showing too much against the SKT series, SKT series, but SKT kind of just dominated them 3-0, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know if 
Sandbox has other concert drafts they're going to run out with or different strategies after watching the Kingzone game against Afrika. Even though Afrika kind of really just threw that threw the entire series away, I don't know. I feel like Sandbox maybe has an upper hand here because I feel like they just went back to the chalkboard after just getting demolished by SKT and just be like, all right, well, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe we don't know. Maybe they probably thought, oh, we'll probably play Afrika instead of Kingzone. You know what I mean? Or maybe they came up with two different strategies. I mean, who knows? But I feel like they're just going to be a little bit more prepared now, you know, better than Kingzone or Afrika. So I, I kind of lean maybe probably a couple units on uh, Sandbox myself. Yeah, and I mean, their the players, their solo players are, I think, better than Kingzone anyways. So. Yeah, but that's been, like, Kingzone's thing the whole season, right? Is like, I mean, that's that was the reason I like him against Afrika, too, or to like Afrika against them, right? That's what we've been, like, that's, like, the drum we've been beating all year long, right? Was that, like, Kingzone are a good, solid team. They're going to, their, their challenge is going to be against teams that have elite solo lane talent, and Sandbox has that. So, I kind of think, like, you... Any team that lost to SK Telecom, you're now looking back at it in hindsight and being like, okay, like, that's way more forgivable all of a sudden than... I mean, Sam... the thing is, like, Sandbox were the only team that got utterly smashed. Yeah. Like, Sandbox got completely blown over. Like, yeah, was that was... series over in under 80 minutes, right? Yeah, it, was it like wasn't fun for them. So, like, you could look at it, like, two ways. You could look at it as Sandbox, or as SKT exploited something for them that other teams can emulate, but, like, how many teams can really emulate what SK Telecom does, right? So, yeah, I don't... It's Sandbox interesting. Sandbox run out the same, essentially the same strategy and just be better than Kingzone? Like, that's... I think that's the question you ask. Yeah, so, I I, I am with you, John. Like, I, I'm with you, Calvin, too. Like, I, I think Sandbox win this series. I just have no idea, like, the, like the complexion of it. Like... So the over three and a half maps is minus two sixty three. So that's like pretty far out of range for a lot of people. I'm like almost willing to lay that. Over three and a half, yeah. I think over three and a half. Someone's a gonna get a game safe. off someone. I think that's a pretty safe bet, even at minus two sixty three. I think that's pretty safe. Yeah, like I think that's all I'm gonna be on in this series. Maybe the under kill total, but like. Oh, we've seen, like, in this playoff run, even the gauntlet run, like, the games have been a lot more aggressive. Like, the uh, the good thing to take from all of this, like, for the whole region is that Korea is trying to scrap more. Like, they're trying to be proactive in everything. And That's definitely true. So, the thing is, like, Sandbox and Kingzone both have been pretty reluctant to that for the most part. Unless Joker gets on one of his, like, marquee picks. Like, if he gets on his Thresh or something. But, yeah, this is a tough one. I think that's, like, the only like safe money I like and I, probably the sandbox money line but I don't feel that confident about it like I feel more confident in the sandbox money line mostly because Kingzone didn't even impress me with this win today that's like mostly what it is but that that might not mean anything you know yeah it's, it's tough to tell if it doesn't mean anything yeah so this one this one's a tricky one um so just projecting for it a little bit cuz we're probably not going to get a show in before then uh sandbox against Sandbox against uh, who's next? Damn one. Damn one. What's the, uh, Damn what would one. you cap Sam like just right now? What would you cap Sandbox and Damn one at? Damn one minus two hundred. Yeah, minus one eighty. About right. And then plus like one forty. Okay. Where do we think the books are going to be on it though? Like that's your handicap. Where do you think the books are going to be? Like Sandbox wins this series three to one. Minus so, like, one thirty five. Damn one. 
Is that what you hope that the rats you can off and stomp it or what? Smash that. No, man. They know that. Didn't, uh, no, I think Sandbox did lose to Damo. I mean, did Damo lose to Sandbox? I think they split. I think Sandbox got the early season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, so they even might have had. Calvin's living in magical Christmas land, right? Uh, I think it's like in that, like, between minus 150 and minus 200 range, probably. Dan one look pretty. I don't know. I think Dan one just have the highest upside of any of these teams. The problem is like Dan one also. Dan one and Freak. I kind of have that same thing where it's like their their floor is just not terrible, but way worse than the rest of these teams. So yeah. And then uh, what if King Zone? If King Zone like what if King Zone coming in like three one win this or three? It's a hard fought three three two. Do you, do you put that much weight on the complexion of the series like? If both of these teams look good, as opposed to like King Zone this morning didn't look particularly good, but won the series because Afrika was borderline inting in the third and fourth game. <laughs> like, if either team looks bad in this series and they give me a reasonable line on damn one, I think I'd smash it pretty hard. Yeah. If you, if they look bad and then like you know they're taking games off each other anyway. Yeah. That might indicate that they're both not that good. I don't know. It, these gauntlets are always so bizarre because, like, there's so many momentum things to factor in, and I mean, we'll talk about this with NA and and like the L, even the LPL too. Like, sometimes momentum's a thing. I, none of these teams feel like momentum teams to me. Like, Afrika was the momentum team for me. None of them really feel like they have any momentum. To me yeah, either. but I'm saying like Afrika are the team that if they got it, yeah, Afrika and Damwon are the two. But Damwon plays in the the last leg of it, so it's like. Yeah, free, that's why I think you and I both like the free because you like if they win this first series, they they could just get hot and smash everybody. Like that wouldn't yeah, surprise confidence me. level and and yeah, I definitely I like the free if they got off to a roll yeah. here, but and just the way they play is like the the pace, it all it all fits together. But I think Dan One's going to be a reasonable favorite against either of these teams if they win. Uh, what if uh, I don't want to spend too much more time on this one? So we'll just go on, but like we'll check our Twitters because we'll probably be we'll, we'll almost definitely be doing this stuff. I'll be doing blog posts on it and everything. So. Uh, final picks on this one. Everybody likes Sandbox Moneyline? Or are we just kind of like leaning that? Calvin said he gonna, likes it. I think I go minus 1.5 if I bet Sandbox. Chris, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I should be more confident in Sandbox, but I've, my guessing game has been like awful this last few times, but I am handily, I guess, Sandbox 3 1. I think that's like where it's like settling. Calv, you said you like sandbox money line for a few units, right? Yeah, I do. I I think it's right. I'm just skeptical to fire on like these numbers. Like I want this to be like minus one twenty. Cause I think that's where these teams are. So like may, I think I'm probably gonna learn my lesson from this morning and like this summer split and just be and just pass on this. And like if I do anything it'll be very light on the sandbox money line. Or, like, include it in, like, small parlays or something like that. Like, I'm not going to be high exposure on this. Reasonable, though. Friday, LPL Finals. Um, the third place match is happening as we're, you know, in a couple hours from when we're recording this. We won't talk too much about that, but that is happening and probably should be an interesting series. Uh, but we have the finals. Fun Plus versus RNG. So I think some of us... Maybe saw this. Some of us saw this coming. I think everybody thought it was going to be RNG or Invictus, right? Yeah. Going into the playoffs, that was my thought. Although when RNG came up against Top, I thought Top was going to win. But coming into playoffs, I thought RNG and or Invictus were the were the people that had the best shot. 
So, I know John's got a bunch of, uh, you know, futures setups on this one that he could he could take any angle he wishes, more or less. You have carte blanche for whatever you want to do with this series, but uh, just looking at it straight up, try to take that influence out of it. Uh, just looking at this straight up, we have fun plus minus 159, RNG plus 122. Uh, we'll say the fun plus minus 1.5 at plus 122. Very similar looking lines to the previous series. Uh, I like the minus 1.5 a lot, to be honest. For fun plus... <laughs> If I had no involvement in this series whatsoever, um, I would be slamming the Fun Plus money line. I think Fun Plus is going to win almost yeah. for sure. I did hedge. I'm, I'm confident enough in how I feel about Fun Plus that my hedge bets on my futures, I did the minus 1.5 instead of just doing the money line because I think Fun Plus is going to win like aggressively. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it. I, I was... Go and if I'm wrong, then great, because then RNG wins. I got like a hundred to one. No, my RNG futures. So they went two that. and a half. Like, I was like, I really wanted to hit that, but it was. I felt like it was a little too aggressive. I know, weird, right? But uh, no, I really do like that minus one and a half. I really, I think, Bumplex is just playing out of their minds right now. And RNG really didn't look that. I mean, that great. They so. looked good. I mean, they I mean good, TOP but... and RNG both looked good. Like that's. But not good enough to beat FPX. Like, not not for it to go to the distance, in my opinion. It's Fun Plus is so weird because they they feel so much like they're like spiritual, like they're spiritually connected with G two, right? They feel <laughs> so similar, right? How they behave, the confidence, like the they got a little bit less swagger and more just like like just crazy focus. Like they're just they're just like dead set like hella focused right but it also like the lpl is starting to feel like it's fun plus than everybody else like fun plus is in their own they're just off to smash people i feel like g2 is more of like i'm gonna troll and smash you fun plus are like are like yeah i'm just gonna smash the shit out of you that's it yeah and I, i don't know if like the thing is, like, th- they look so, so good, but we've seen this team struggle in playoffs. This team, I, I want to say they don't typically smash the other good teams because they haven't. Like, usually it's pretty close series, but they- they've been winning against the good teams. But then, like, for how good Billy Billy have looked, they just obliterated Billy Billy. Like, that was Im- all borderline embarrassing for them. Yeah. And I don't know if that's the expectation, like, the thing with Fun Plus is, I think of the the quote unquote best teams in the world, like they're they're top three for sure, right? Absolutely. The, the thing with Fun Plus is that they're so so linear that it's it's like scary, right? Like it almost feels like someone's gonna crack the puzzle and they're just gonna start struggling all of a sudden. Like maybe it's just does anybody else feel that way? I, I don't personally know. don't. Yeah, I don't. I feel like they're just going to maintain being a world's favorite until they lose at worlds. So, uh, like right there with G two as the two favorites to win worlds until they lose. Like they kind of feel like they're not going to be like they're, they're the kind of team that you want to be like a wild card at a at a big tournament. But like if they're the favorite and they're going to go deep in the tournament, you don't like their odds as much, right? Yeah, but they're just so good that like yeah. I don't know if they just overcome all this shit. Like that, I said how, the same thing about yeah. Invictus last year, where it was like 
This team is crazy good. They're the best at what they do, maybe ever. But they are linear, and that is exploitable, and it didn't matter because they just ran everybody over, right? I feel like regardless how linear they are, they have three different carries in three different lanes. You know what I mean? Uh, and as much as, you know, we, we praised Gim Goon, like, really, like, very highly the split. And, you know, he's been in a couple of games where he's, he's carried the team, you know. And when, he, when they, he really didn't have to carry, but he was the main focus of the carries, but... I think that's the problem, like, with... I mean, that's not the problem, but that's the great part of FPX. You know what I mean? They're linear, but, like, they can be... They can have, like, three different carries on the team, so... I think Tien has, like, quietly had, like, a maybe world's quality MVP season, too. Like, it's kind of hard Very to... It's kind of hard to give too much... He feels kind of like, like Yankos to me, right? Where it's, like, easy to overlook it just because, like, everybody is so good on that team. Like, how much credit do you give these people? But, like, Yankos is a is a machine, and Tien's been insane. Like, absolutely insane. Like, I feel like the guy can do no wrong. That is a common thing that comes up, especially when you talk about Yankos, is how much credit can you give him when, like, all your lanes are usually winning and they can play whatever they want to play and you can play whatever you want to play because of how good they are? Like, how much credit can you really give somebody – it's a tough question to answer. Like, if you just shove Yankos on, you know, on Schalke, like, is he an MVP? Like, see, is he doing awesome this year? Or see, is it like, I think he is. Like, if you yeah, hear, like, other players, well. if you hear, like, other players and other coaches talk, like, I I keep harkening back to, like, that, that uh, I think it was, like, week eight where they had, um, I always forget his name, the uh, Young Buck and um, Fabian from G2. Uh, they had the Fnatic and G2 coaches in the post-game lobby, and they were both just, like, both of them said, like, basically, like, Yankos is, like, the best player in Europe, like, not close. Like, mo- like both of them were saying it, like, they're ridiculous, and, and they were both saying that, and, like, I have so much respect for that, because that's, like, two teams that are, like, insanely good. They're just stacked, and they both were just, like, unanimous on that, right? And... I- I'm not, like, putting Tian in that level, but, like, we're gonna get to see Tian and Carsa, and that's that's, like... I almost think that that's actually the feature match in this, not. Oh, I think else. it is for sure. I think TN Carson is definitely the matchup. And this is two the teams. Only because it's kind of unbalanced, I think. Yeah. In the other lanes. Like, you think uh, Fun Plus have a huge edge in the other lanes? Because I think it's, like, pretty even throughout. Like, honestly, I think this series, like, you look at this series on paper, and it, like, actually should just be, like, oh, like, this is a classic, like, 50 50, right? I think RNG's got a better bottom lane overall, but not by a lot. I think. Doinby's better than Zhao Hu. A lot of it due to how they play, more so than like their actual skill level as players. But like yeah. Doinby should beat him in lane. I mean, so I think I think it makes like close series. It's interesting. So, do we like where are we settle? Where are we settling on this one? Fun plus money line. Yeah, I would plus money line if I was if I had no other action. That sounds about right. I would money line minus one point five. You do yeah, both. Uh, yep. I'm probably going to be like, because I feel pretty good. Like RNG impressed me with the TOP win, but like if you asked me this two weeks ago, I would have just said Fun Plus are going to smash this, and this should be like minus 200. So I almost feel like probably moderate on Fun Plus. This Keep is probably going to be my biggest exposure of the weekend. I think we only really have one series from RNG that makes them considered to be a contender. Yeah, like coming into the playoffs, I don't think anybody like thought they had a chance to be fun plus i thought they had a chance to go to the finals but i didn't really think they had a chance to be fun plus it's just that one series against top they looked pretty good yeah. and we want to give credit for that but at the same time we don't want to give too much credit for it but it's yeah, also exactly. the most recent series so it's pretty hard not to give at least you know a little bit more weight to it yeah makes it tricky to uh tricky to cap here um 
anything else on LPL? Nope, I think that's it for me. Um, yep. LCS Gauntlet starts with Clutch minus 357 against FlyQuest plus 256. If, if Clutch Gaming lose, then, like, it's a fucking wild... It's the Wild West in this gauntlet. Like, yeah. I think Clutch could win, but if they lose, I honestly wouldn't even be surprised if FlyQuest went to Worlds. Like, if FlyQuest beats Clutch, it would surprise me if FlyQuest wins. Because, like, I, yeah, I, it, like, I don't like anybody else. Yeah, I don't even just, like TSM. Like, I... It's just wide open for me if, if Clutch loses, because I think Clutch should win the whole gauntlet. And if they lose to anybody, I could see just being... Like, n- just completely lost on who else is going to win. Including CLG. I mean, but yeah. Clutch is such a high-variance team. That's where the issue is. Maybe I'm disrespecting CLG, and I would understand if people came in, you know, the comments or something and said you're disrespecting CLG here because they did just beat Clutch. Um, I think Clutch and CLG are a cut better than, like, FlyQuest and TSM are. Like, I would agree, but I feel like both TSM and CLG are teams that could easily lose to anybody on any given day. Yeah. We always also, yeah, I also feel like this is NA, anybody. right? Like, yeah, we, we always talk about teams that can beat anybody on the right day. I feel like NA is full of teams that could lose to anybody on any exactly, given day. Like, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like you could pull like the eighth, the eighth team in the VCS. Literally, FlyQuest, by the way. Eight. <laughs> Just saying. I wouldn't even be surprised, dude. If they beat Clutch, I don't know. I, I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if they win the gauntlet if they beat Clutch. I hate, I hate LCS. <laughs> <laughs> don't we all? The people do not, though. Chris, do you have any strong feelings on this one? Like, is it just uh, kind of the same? I, deal I am like, I am on the cl- Clutch like wagon, but it is NA and nothing. I think you'll get good odds. I might try to take like an underdog at some point, but uh, it's between Clutch and CLG for me at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat. The problem is like this this line's outrageous, right? Like, I feel like from is, a technique standpoint, I feel like I just should be on FlyQuest, right? Like I don't want to be. I don't think it'll happen. Especially with how variant like Clutch can be and how they play, I, I wouldn't hate you if you wanted to get FlyQuest. Like, it would be the wildest thing ever if FlyQuest made world. Like I would fanboy so hard. If FlyQuest <laughs> made I don't know how it would happen, but I would fanboy so. If hard. If FlyQuest make worlds, I think we we all got to be on the on the hook for like Viper jerseys or something. Yeah, I'm in. Well, I already if have FlyQuest go to worlds, and it's all it's gonna be all on Viper, dude. Like. I'll get a third. I'll get a third FlyQuest jersey if they make it would worlds. Be, it would be pretty cool for his development if he got a chance to play against like all the world class top laners. That would be pretty cool to see. Man, it won't be cool because he's gonna get dumpstered on. <laughs> it might stun his development. It might be like bringing up a pitcher too early. You know, like <laughs> yeah. when they're too young or a goalie. I don't. The LCS gauntlet's so weird. Like, like I think Clutch is just gonna be favored against everybody. Probably not CLG, and we just get that matchup with that exact same line again. Is going to be my guess. Oh man, Clutch is—I don't know, man. I just hopefully just they just don't choke. Like I feel like mentally they're just so drained. Yeah, you know, that they've played sucks. two back-to-back crazy dramatic yeah. series. Like they played the most dramatic third place match ever. Like <laughs> I don't know, man. Like they at some point they got to be drained, but they also get some time off. So like NA—it's been two weeks already. Just please not TSM or CLG. 
At least FlyQuest would be like an exciting underdog story, even though they'd get dumpstered at Worlds. Yeah, but it'd be funny. You, you, they're the team that you could cheer for if they managed to steal a game from someone. Oh, they would have some, everything. They'd have some sweet vlogs and stuff going on. I'm yeah. like, we actually are at Worlds somehow. Like, it'd be, it'd be pretty you cool. You also know they're just going to meme really hard. You'll have, like, Turtle playing the Garen Yumi or something. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't really have too much else. Like, that's that sums it up. Like, this line's too too far for me. I'm not betting this. Like, this no, no. NA's too wild. Like, if I were to bet this, it's FlyQuest money line. But I honestly, I'm not. I'm just gonna pass. Same thing. Our I think pass. just consult consult Twitter. I think for yeah. all of us for picks. I'm just gonna root one. for FlyQuest. Hopefully they win or something. I, I actually, I, I'm just gonna root for whoever wins this first match between Clutch and FlyQuest. Whoever wins, yeah, whoever wins that, I'm hard rooting for them to win. The well, John is a FlyQuest fanboy. Keep in mind, everybody. So yeah, and I really like Clutch. I mean, I got the jersey on right now. There you go. The customized esports plug jersey says esports plug on the back. Uh, I I gotta get my uh, I got my Dignitas jersey. Maybe I should vote for, Fleck, <laughs> or for uh, Clutch too. Um, so Saturday we have the LEC semifinals. Uh, since Fnatic lost the Juggernaut match somehow, uh, <laughs> they I don't want to say somehow it's G two. Like I can't disrespect even even up two zero. I can't disrespect that. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Fnatic minus four hundred against Shaka. Plus two seventy six, Fnatic minus one point five at minus one seventy nine. I actually, this is my pick of the week. I'm calling it right now. If somebody didn't put it down, already. we're gonna. I think I'm just gonna one up you. You go the Fnatic minus one point five. I'm going Fnatic minus two point five as my pick of the week. Okay. Uh, minus two point five is currently. Give me one second. I'll pull this up. Fnatic oh. minus two point five is plus one seventy one. Yeah, 100% smashing that. There you go. Um, Feeling great about it, too. So, Shalka legit looked awful against Rogue. Like, that was a clown fiesta of a series. It was entertaining to watch, but that was not good League of Legends, honestly, from either side. Like, I, the thing is, like, we kept talking earlier about how we were impressed with Rogue, but that's relative to Rogue. So, like, all that should mean something. Like, th- this... It's so weird because, like, all throughout the season, we would have said, like, yeah, Shulker are, like, in the conversation for that third, fourth spot, right? And they are. Yeah. But there is such a dramatic drop-off, and we just saw that garbage performance. Like, and I don't think that's, like, the kind of things you can fix either. That was just, like, bad instincts, bad mechanical play. Like, Abadago looked okay, but he can't do it himself against this team. And if anything, it's scary because Humanoid looked crazy good against G2, so I don't... Yeah. You know, like, I don't... <laughs> I don't know if that's, like, an edge anymore. So, I don't really know. Uh, the Fnatic should stomp this. Yeah, I think Fnatic dominates it pretty hard. I think uh, this is, hard. like, 3 to point four, or 3 to point three. so... I'll take, I'll take the minus 1.5 of the bank, like, all day. Yeah. For me to take the minus two point five as a pick of the week, like I'm very confident in this yeah, matchup. It's a three zero, like easy. Anybody, any disagreement? Nope. I still nope. see how Shaka gets a game without like. like yeah, Fnatic, where they would, Fnatic would have to have a colossal breakdown to even lose a game. Yeah, and like even if they tough. lose a game, if they if they lose the first game of this series, I'll I will actually slam the three one. Like I'll just take the minus one point five. Like no totally hesitation. agree. So, uh, any thoughts on this one? I don't think there's too much to talk about. Like, I guess we could do like devil's advocate. Like, how does Shaka win this series? And ter- well, I'll tell you what. My Lock answer for how- and variance. Yeah, my 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 answer for how does Shaka win this series is Fnatic loses this series. Yeah, yeah. 
and yep, like, I feel like you never want to be in that spot because fanatics just don't have an advantage, man. Like their best like player is up that who I would argue is is worse than reckless. I would argue some people would argue that with so me, but I, at the I very least, think Abadag is the best close. player on this team already. Yeah, I just I just don't see where they get any sort of advantage. So compositionally, maybe maybe fanatic just drafts a really garbage comp. Teams have a habit of doing that when I have especially minus two point five on them, especially in game one. <laughs> Teams do have a habit of doing that when I have the minus 2.5, so. All right, so I kind of segued it, like, making it my pick of the week, but let's do pick of the week. So mine was Fnatic minus 1.5, minus 179. Obviously slim pickings this week, guys, so hopefully people understand. Uh, I I didn't have time to go into too many kill totals on this, but, again, like, consult Twitter for that because I I might be looking at some of the kill totals in the LCK gauntlet, like looking under maybe if the total is a little higher, but we'll see. Um, John According Hammer. to our sheet, mm-hmm. Calvin's pick of the week is Echo Fox minus one point five versus RNG. So that's a bold, that's a oh, bold yeah. pick. I thought I'd pick FTX. You, uh, I, yeah. you definitely picked you FTX. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, no, um, I'll fix mine is uh, yeah. I'm going to go with Fnatic minus two point five uh, against Shulk. I don't think that series is going to be close. I kind of like. Uh, maybe I should have did one of my parlay picks again. I don't want to do the math for it right now, but like I kind of like just like I kind of like firing it off like right now, like a fun plus money line Fnatic minus one point five parlay. That feels pretty good to me. And you'd probably get what that's gonna be like what plus like a buck twenty something like that. That feels pretty good too. But yeah, that feels good. Um, you this is parlay it. season for the record for for anybody out there. The yeah. playoffs parlay season. You're not often going to get great odds, but you can usually finagle some things around and get some yeah. pretty good parlay odds. All right. Um, yeah, short, a little bit of shorter show this week. I think we could do um, – anybody got sign-offs? I want a quick plug uh, – not another shameless plug, but uh, I was talking with uh, one of the organizers for this league I'm in last night because he's in the Fantasy Football League with us. And uh, just quick plug for the Casual Esports Amateur League again. Um Season's about to start on Wednesday. We're going to be featured on a stream on Wednesday, tomorrow night. Hey, tomorrow, there we go. Tomorrow night, by the Woo! way. Hopefully I get this out in time. But um, So we got that. Uh, you can still sign up as a sub or just get in, get be part of the community, maybe get into a team for next season. It's awesome. It's a good time. Um, let's see. I had something else. I can't remember what it actually was. Somebody go on and I'll try. Somebody pick one. Somebody take over and I'll remember what it was. I have a, a one that uh, somebody requested um, on Twitter which was, it's not about League of Legends specifically, although it does apply to League of Legends, but there is a post by a famous poker player named Doug Polk um, talking about how they should stop saying, in Counter-Strike, which is the game he's talking about, in Counter-Strike you play two different sides of a, of a matchup. You play terrorist side and counter-terrorist side. And no matter what happens, you play both sides. So even if you I lose did, every I did round, see this. I did see this. Yeah, even if you lose every round on terrorist side, you still get to play counter terrorist side for some amount of rounds. It might only be one if you or if you lose. But um, he said, you know, I, these announcers should stop talking about what side they're on because they're going to play both sides anyway. <clears throat> and in Counter Strike, some maps are ad, are advantaged on one side or another. So, like on a map called Nuke, Counter Terrorist side is heavily advantaged. Mm-hmm. And so the the listener uh, had asked me to talk about it because I responded to Doug Polk and I said I don't think that's true because the mental side of things is very important. And I know because I played Counter Strike at a reasonably high level, and it's a huge difference maker 
when you're going on to nuke and finishing the first half to be up 11-4 instead of down 11-4. Even if you know that nuke is a counter-terrorist sided map and you're probably going to do better on counter-terrorist side, being up 11-4 just feels way better than being down 11-4, even if you know that. And I think that that spills over into other games and sports too, is just like looking at the mental side of things. Um, I think people don't put enough sometimes into like how discouraged you can get if you're losing games, especially if you're losing games where you feel like in league, as an example, if you feel like you won the draft or if you feel like they gave you a winning matchup, they counterpicked for you and you lost your lane and got solo killed, that kind of stuff weighs on these players. They're not going to come into game two completely fresh, no matter what happened in game one. And that will always affect the series. Like however the mental is, is swinging for the players. So I just, I was just saying, you know, it's important to keep track of that. Nobody is going to go into the next game thinking perfectly all the time. You have to think about how these things are affecting these players and different kinds of players do this in a different way. There's some players and some teams where I put a lot of focus on whether they're on a streak of some kind, like whether they're like getting hot, like we were talking about with Afrika, teams that rely on their confidence, teams that want to be doing stylish stuff. If you do stylish stuff a couple times and get blown out, you're you're going to be hesitant to do that again. Even if you really, that's the way you really like to play, you're going to be hesitant. If and you especially get if that's like a hallmark of your style that can put, that can really put you off your game, right? Yeah. And you have to think about how these guys are thinking in the back room. Like if, if you saw a team pull out like a weird, We've never seen this, but let's say they pulled out Zilli and Nidalee. Like, they just thought it was a sweet bot lane, Zilli and Nidalee. They don't just pull that out out of nowhere and just be like, hey, let's try it, and then they lose. Like, I guarantee you, all week they've been scrimming and thinking about it and talking about it. These guys have been sitting around a table going like, what if we went Zilli and Nidalee? Like, think about how these things interact. They've been hyping this up to themselves. They've been talking about it. They've been thinking about coming out and smashing some guy on Zilli and Nidalee. And when that doesn't happen, that's a big, like, release of, like excitement and happiness that you guys had. We got this sweet, cool pick that we're going to go with when that fails. And you're just like, we just look like fucking morons picking Zillian Italy and getting fucking stomped in lane. Like that really is a letdown and it really will affect how you play your next games. So that stuff's always worth thinking about. I think it goes, it kind of goes the other way too, where like it, it, it makes you respect players that have just insane mental game that much more. Like yep. this, I mean, this is, a lot of people use this as like the pro. This is like the pro SK Telecom argument. It, it, it feels like nothing phases that team ever. Like they're a bunch of just cyborgs. Like it, it honestly feels that way sometimes. And I, I know that part of it is like that's Faker's personality, and he got the team kind of carries that. But like there, there's like not a team on earth that I trust more to come back from an O2 deficit in a best of five. And it's not just because they've done it a bunch of times, but like I just they they are the same. They are what they are, and. It, that's like it works in reverse too, right? Yep. And you know who's made insane strides in that that really stood out to me at the last World Championship is Uzi. Yeah, Uzi used, used to be, to be so that emotional when they would lose. And last year, I was so surprised when they lost to G two of all teams. They should they pan the camera over to Uzi and he was just calmly collecting his stuff like it was another day at the office. Did not look like he was emotional about it at all. And I really thought to myself, like, man, I really expected them to pan over to him crying and. Like, just like and, raging out, like Hulk. Yeah, and he looks like he's really come a long way in the mental department. So yeah. shout out to Uzi. I was gonna say you got to remember too. He was like what, like sixteen when he started or something. It was crazy, yeah. But... I think he's come a long way. Um. Yeah, Chris, Cal. I'm still thinking of one. No, nothing really. Um, pay off my student loans. Um, Call of Duty's coming up. 
Funny thing is, Call of Duty is like doing the franchising thing. I don't know if you guys keep up with or not even keep up with, just nah. like heard about it. So the whole thing about it is like a bunch of organizations are basically letting go of the Call of Duty roster. Is because they're doing what like League of Legends and like all like CS:GO are doing. They're like relocating to a specific city where they have a team house where the players had to live in, and they are ran by like super high up like business people, like big time company, like a, like an SKT company. You know that's why like Optic sold their you know their team and stuff. Hunter Thieves isn't. Uh, bringing back the Call of Duty team, I think NBS is one of the few like teams that are bring or like that are keeping their team. But a lot of these organizations are actually going down, and it's actually pretty. I don't know if it's gonna be upsetting or interesting because um, I'm actually competing again this year for Call of Duty since um, an organization hit me up to go through the open bracket with a team that you know that I can't disclose yet because there's still there's I got some listeners who. You know, we'll listen to this podcast, but it's actually, like I said, it's interesting to see where the franchising and Call of Duty go. I don't know if it's going to be a good thing or a bad thing because I feel like with Call of Duty, you know, it all stemmed back in like COD Four was like you know small organization like like Optic. You know, Optic was huge. You it's know, like really and, grassroots, right? I, I do. And, I think you told me a little bit about that. Part yeah, before. and it's it's actually like upsetting to see like all these companies buy out like players and stuff like that. It, you know, and it's like a, it's like a real job. You know, I mean, this is what everyone wants, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's a huge transition to Call of Duty. No one knows what it's going to be like. No one knows, like, you know, we don't have any more like co-events where there's like pro teams and like amateur teams going to be playing together. You know what I mean? Like the pro league's going to be different, and you know, obviously, you know, the money's going to be good, but it's just, I don't know. This franchising stuff is it's hard to believe. And basically, everyone's a free agent. Like, literally, like, <laughs> there's no set teams. So, it'll be interesting. Call of Duty is going in a direction where hopefully it's a good thing uh, for esports in general. You know, so. It's like cautious optimist, optimism, but it's also, like, a little bittersweet at the same time because you like the. Uh, I kind of got, like, a lot of this from, like, it was like the Smash community was like this too. Like a lot of these grassroots esports communities, uh, whether it's like, you see it a lot with like fighting games, Call of Duty. Honestly, Dota was like this for a long time until, but Dota's still kind of like that. It's like not leagues; they do like tournaments. So like that's like the whole thing. And yeah, I could totally see it being like a little bit bittersweet, right? Like it's it's a little bit less the Wild West now, which was like part of the fun of it, right? It is. It is. But it's upsetting. It was really upsetting to see all these organizations just like just dip, you know, just growing up with them, you know, wanting to be on one of them, playing against them. It's just, it's crazy. It's honestly like the craziest thing to see. Did you guys hear anything about? As a side note, while you're thinking of what you're thinking of, um, did did Immortals just pull like the greatest trick of all time? I'm pretty sure I saw on Twitter that Immortals. Like Quick sold their their Overwatch League team and then immediately bought into the LCS. Like they're just like, oops, like just like made money by selling their Overwatch team and then buying a league slot at the same time. And they they end up like making money and getting out of a dying game and getting into the biggest game in esports probably with Dota. That's that's a miracle journey. If you could sell your Overwatch team to buy a league team and make money on top of that, that is absurdly good. 
It's so weird. To, like, I don't want to call Overwatch a dying game because it's definitely not. Like, the scenes, they've gone through a lot of changes in the last few months. Actually, it's funny you mentioned this because I was just talking about this. I guess this will be, like, my sign-off topic. But, like, there we go. I was actually just talking about this with a friend of mine tonight. Like, uh, that's where I was at before I got here. And he was telling me, because um, he's got friends that have played, like, you know, amateur level and everything and, like, trying to get into the scene and all that. And... He was telling me like that game is over like overgone like some big big changes like they've basically like hard locked the meta game and like all this other stuff like kind of like League did versus you know when they were transitioning out and like the game's still flourishing the viewership they get is absolutely bonkers still and you have all these teams building stadiums. like Philadelphia is building a stadium I drive past it when I go to work every day like they're literally building and now it's going to be used for more than that make no mistake but um it's, I could I definitely know. just be way wrong. It's just been my like when over like when Overwatch came out, and for the next X period of time after it came out, all I heard about from everybody that I knew was Overwatch. Like all my friends that streamed, all my friends that just played games, all I heard about. I have not heard anybody say anything to me about Overwatch in a year. Nobody's told me they wanted to play. Nobody's told me they were going to stream it. Nobody like my son used to play it. He hasn't played it in forever. I just, like, nobody talks about I haven't seen it mentioned on Twitter other than, like, the hardcore Overwatch people. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very worried for the game if no one that I know is talking about it. It's it's interesting to me because, like, I, I kind of felt this way about Heroes of the Storm, too, where, like, I think the game is fine. Now, I'm not comparing Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm. I think Overwatch is a way better game. Make no mistake. But it's got way more depth to it. Way more, like, it's, it's Team Fortress, right? Like... <laughs> It's like new school updated Team Fortress, and it's it's really well done, and Blizzard has poured a ton of money into it, and like I said, the viewership is good. They have great casting talent. I'm hoping to God we don't lose Papa Smithy to Overwatch. I'll be really bummed out if that happens. But, that would hurt me. But, I mean, I, it, I was crushed when Doe and Monty went, but I was also, like, not surprised. But uh, this is getting a little bit in the weeds, but I, I, I think... I don't know. I tend to have a really optimistic approach about other esports and stuff. Like, I tend to think, like, when someone does something good, it's good for the whole pie, mostly. mostly oh, I time. definitely agree with that. I'd like to see them be successful. I'm just very skeptical that they're going to be, given that I'm not hearing anything yeah. about them. It's a tougher game to watch. Like shooters, just by their nature, are very like a lot harder to watch. Like I think then, I think like fighting games are the easiest to watch, just because it's pretty easy to be like, okay, that guy's doing that, and that guy's doing that, and there's like this momentum. You can see their health. You can bars. literally see like the momentum, right? There's like not a lot of like. I mean, there is nuance to it, but it's more it, like it's got a visceral aspect to it, right? MOBAs have all their complexities and you know seemingly infinite complexities, and so do a lot of the shooters. Like, I mean, you talk the high level Counter Strike is nuts, right? Yeah, and so is high level Overwatch. You watch these teams; they're absolutely insane. I mean, really, you got that Cinderella story with the Shanghai Dragons too, right? Going from like zero and forty eight to like in the <laughs> yeah. championship in like the one year—that's crazy, but. Oh, uh, get a little bit in the weeds. I didn't. That's a total cop out. I didn't really have a sign out. I'll have to. I'll have to set one up for next week. But uh, I'm hyped for football season too. I know John's not, but I'm hyped for football season. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be dipping my toe into that a lot this season. So I, I kind of did last season. But all right, I think that's going to be it for us. Anything else, guys? Nope. All right. Uh, good luck to everybody this weekend. It's a little less action this weekend, but we should have a lot of good games and. Moving forward with the schedule kind of changing up and loosening up a little bit, there's a good chance we're probably going to take one of these weeks off or 
have like a different schedule. Like we might record some things on a weekend and just have it like some like something that's like a little less time sensitive, right? We we'll might just get the John show too. I literally might just do the do the fucking gold card podcast episode, John. There you and go. Just come on here and just talk all the shit about everybody. <laughs> we have to record one of those. We'll have to each of us get to record one of those. <laughs> We're just like, man, that 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 FlyQuest loving son of a bitch. There you go. <laughs> I'll, I'll make little little sock puppets for you guys. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure FPX is the best team in the world. No, John, it's SKT. <laughs> Someone's got to Photoshop this right now, like right now. Oh my god. All right, I think that's enough. We're all getting pretty loopy. Uh, it is. We're up way past our bedtime, so. Uh, we had a little bit of a late show tonight, so everybody, good luck this weekend. Enjoy the matches. A lot of interesting ones, and like two not interesting ones. <laughs> and uh, I think that's gonna be it. We will see you guys next week. Good luck this weekend. Good luck. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is "Clouds" by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is "Wasp in a Hat" by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.